Hello to What Are We Even Talking About? The podcast where we skip the small talk and explore faith, random thoughts and spirituality in the context of this thing called life. life. We're Malengo and Lindy and thank you for joining the conversation. Hello. Hey. Take two. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so literally like, we recorded this yesterday but then um, we lost the, the recording. So, like, we're yeah. having a re-conversation, which is still <laughs> good, though, because, like, like, we know what we talked about, so it's fine. Like, you can't recreate it, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about creation myths, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just talking about, yeah, creation myths and how they, like, how they're basically mirrors or parallels to what we do when we're when we're meditating or manifesting and trying to create in our mm. lives yeah so should I start and talk about yeah yeah so mm. I I the thing that made me interested in talking about how the creation myths re- uh, linked to meditation is I was reading because I like myths anyway so I've got like um this mythology book that I've that I bought like years ago um mm. it's like an eyewitness eyewitness companion if anyone's interested by philip wilkinson and neil philip and it basically is like i think it's like a reference book because it literally has like it covers like every continent and then it has like myths from all those continents so if you want to read more you just go research but anyway mm. i stumbled upon this myth and it's from it's a, it's from oceana um it's a polynesian myth and it's about the creator god Tangaroa, and he's the maker of all things. And so the creation story starts that Tangaroa, um, he's basically um, in darkness. So you know, it starts with darkness. Most creation myths. So he's mm-hmm. in darkness, and he's in a shell called Rumia, and the shell is shaped like an egg. So you've got this god inside this egg, basically in the dark, yeah. and it says nothing else existed. Um, I'm reading here. It says nothing else existed, just a shell and the void, which sounds a bit scary. And then it says this was the period of continuous impenetrable darkness. And then it's almost as if the God becomes aware of himself and his own existence. It doesn't say that, but I'm just saying it. It says at last Tangaroa broke through the shell. Mm. Is anyone there? He called, but there was no answer from the emptiness. And then it says here Tangaroa made the dome of the sky from the broken shell. And from his backbone, he made a mountain range. And so it seems like this Tangaroa god, he basically makes everything that exists, it says here, from his body and the eggshell. So yeah. he he creates from himself. And it, and it says, from within himself, Tangaroa called forth for other gods. And I just found it so interesting because obviously at the beginning, he's in darkness. And I can just imagine, imagine him with his eyes closed. And it's yeah. like what we do when you're, you're meditating, you're trying to get to that like still place. And then it's like, you know, after the meditation and his consciousness has evolved, it's like everything that he does create comes from within himself anyway. Like all the other gods are called forth, forth from within himself. And mm-hmm. it just reminded me that um, it's like when you're looking outwards, you know, you're trying to like, you're trying, you, you always, you like, we sometimes we create from a lack, from a, like a place of lack. It's like, say you're yeah. like, okay, I need a new job. And then you're, you're outwardly, you're, you're looking outwardly. It's like, you know what I mean? Like you need money, so you outwardly look. You're like, okay, I'm trying to find a job, trying to find a job. But what if 
like if you look inside yourself you could create something that's that's like more true to yourself yeah um, and more in tune with who you are so it's like just a reminder for me that everything comes from within myself like I don't you know, do you know what I mean? Like you don't need external things. And as much as like mm. you do when you interact with the world, it's yeah, of like, course. You know what I mean? Like everything you need really is inside yourself. So that's why Yeah, that's why I link to that to um the myth to our like, you know, creation. Mm. But yeah, what do you think about about myth? Or do you want to add your own? Yeah, so obviously this is not something that I'm <laughs> I'm used yeah. to doing like reading about myths and stuff like that but it was yeah. interesting to just go and see what was out there and you'll find that like a lot of the myths they're like <clears throat> they're quite similar like they most of them most of them are quite similar like they start mm-hmm. with like darkness and then like there's a being that kind of creates everything mm-hmm. so the myth that I came across was the Zulu myth um and it starts with darkness Mm-hmm. The earth was covered with darkness and there was only one single seed. And then this seed like goes deep into the earth and from it, a long reed starts to grow. And then the name that they say for this reed or this seed is Uflunga, which means like the source of all things. Okay. And so as this reed begins to grow, um, a man starts to grow out of it, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and his name was, his name is, or it was, is Unkulunkulu. Mm-hmm. I had to like <laughs> brace myself for that, um, for the pronunciation. But, and he's known as like the first man or the first being. And he's like mm-hmm. the creator of all things. And so as he grew and he became heavier, he fell out of the reed. Mm-hmm. And then he started to like create like the sky and the the mountains and the rivers and stuff like that. And then other reeds started to produce more men and women. And he then created like the birds and he named all the animals and things like that. Um, and he learned, he taught the, the men and the women how to like hunt, to make fire and like clothe themselves, how to grow corn and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the one that I came across, which I found really interesting because I feel like the kind of central point um, in all these kind of different myths is that like there's, it starts with darkness, with nothing. Right. And then there's like this one thing or this being and it kind of creates from itself mm-hmm. like you said it like because he was just there and then he started creating things and there's just mm. yeah so I feel like um like you said we can kind of take that into our day-to-day life and be what we've spoken about before about like being a creator and kind of having that authority I think that's obviously a truth that is spoken in mythology and even religions and things like that it's like you have the power like you're a creator in this earth to be able to manifest whatever you want in your life um does it talk about does it talk about how because that one it's like it starts with the seed like it doesn't start with the god himself if he's a creator it starts with the seed does it talk about how him himself creates does he like speak or um i think this mythology doesn't really go into detail like i try to look up like different versions or whatever but it just says that um, like the the men and the women, they grew from the uh, the, reeds, the reeds, and that what he created was like the kind of the external environment, so like the mountains, the lakes, mm. valleys, wind, oh. rain, sun, and the moon, things like that. And he taught them, so he was kind of like the first man. I don't know if he was like the first god, but mm. um, yeah. So 
Okay, that's interesting. That was a nice image. That's what I was saying yesterday. It was a nice. It's a nice image. Like it sounds very because that's Zulu, so that's like sub-Saharan, and then it's yeah. like it's like really grasslands there because that's like obviously like where Zambia is, and mm-hmm. it's like grasslands, and so like, it's a nice image of like these people. Well, a bit weird, but still nice. Or like these, <laughs> these people like climbing out of the the grass, like the the reeds. Yeah, um, they're like you know like growing and then like when they drop off and they're like you know ready to be you know fully human mm. and they're just like sprouting out of the out of the land and it's just it's nice because it's like it has that cultural element like you get the fact that like oh yeah this one's from this this myth is from here mm. stuff like that um i've got another one actually i've got well i've got two more i've got mm. um the an ancient egyptian one um okay. And there's different ver- there's different versions. So like all these creation myths, like you can have like different versions in the same culture. Yeah. But this one, um, this one here is is talking about like in prime. So the beginning, beginning of time, and it says that there's a primal ocean before time begins. And the creator, it says here, actually is in the form of a cosmic serpent, um, okay. or an Ouroboros. So which I didn't know. I just thought that you know there was like the creator Ra, but it's like before he became Ra he was actually this serpent um oh, okay he was like an Ouroboros which is like a symbol it's like a horizontal eight figure and it's a symbol mm-hmm. of eternity and the renewal of time so that's what he was but then it says that the creator manifested himself as Ra so that was interesting to me because I was like oh it's actually like um talks about how the god became so like mm-hmm. the Tangaroa myth it's like Tangaroa was there but this one it's like it was a serpent then it became this god and um, called Ra, also known as a tomb, which means the Ord. And then it says here that um, Ra created the other gods from within himself, again, similar to um, Tangaroa, except here, it says here that Ra does this by an act of masturbation. So <laughs> that sounds like, like I said yesterday, like it's like an Egyptian trait. Like they didn't, they didn't try to like uh, make anything PG, like <laughs> went all the way. Um, and then it says that, um I, this is what i found even more interesting like it goes on and it says how ra used because normally um i think i'm thinking about the creation from genesis as well but this is an egyptian myth as well and others as well definitely um, yeah where they talk about the god speaking forth things um but here it takes you it talks about in the ancient egyptian myth or the version I'm reading, it talks about speaking forth as only one of three elements needed to create. And so I found that interesting. So he says that there's three forces that Ra used to bring the world into being. Yeah. And um, one of them was Heka. The first one was Heka, which is the creative power or magic. Mm. And then the next one was Sia, which is perception. And then the last one is Hu, which is pronouncement, which means to speak. And then he says that he creates all the he created all the elements out of these three things, um, and then to tie it all off, he then created a fourth power which is Maat. So the Egyptians like, like I don't know, Maat was like one of the great like forces because it was like the force of balance. It kept everything in balance. It yeah. stopped evil becoming too much. Um, so then it says here that he created Ma'at, the goddess, to regulate everything. Um, so yeah, I found that interesting. The fact that, the, what I found interesting about that one was that it actually tells you that the god manifested himself. And so I thought again, like, you know, is that what isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Like, do we, mm. you know, manifest ourselves um, 
that's what we basically talked about yesterday a lot actually um yeah and i was saying how a lot of the time with manifestation um people talk about um you know like manifesting things and objects and mm. stuff like that but then i was thinking like you know i don't know because sometimes manifesting things can be superficial because sometimes you can just miss it and you just you know it's a human thing where we just want more and more and more and Sometimes you might need a car in one moment, manifest a car in one moment, but you don't need it later on. And you might want a house one moment, you don't need it later on. Maybe a partner, a certain type of partner for this time in your life. And yeah. then it's different later on. But then I'm just like, if you work on manifesting yourself, like by that I mean, you know, becoming who you truly are, hmm. then I feel like that will serve you for life. Um, so, yeah, I just was wondering whether like that's part of our calling, like being human, is it to actually manifest manifest ourselves and like growing consciousness do you know what I mean yeah Um, but yeah do you get what I mean when I say that I do and I think when you first initially said like he manifest himself I wasn't sure like initially I thought of like it was a duplication because I'm thinking of like the old testament like biblical creation story where it's like God made man in his image Mm. and that was kind of like a duplication or something so that's my that was my initial thought when you first said that like he manifested himself as Ra I was thinking like does that mean like the serpent transformed into Ra like a man like or was that just like an expression of himself like a copy or something yeah but um I guess like bringing it back to present day and like how we can like do that in our daily life I think it's just like I think we do it through these like practices that we're, that are more like spiritual, like meditating and things like that. It's almost like you come back to like your true self, you could say, mm. or like your higher self, or you mm-hmm. want to say God, whatever language you want to use. But I feel like you're like, I don't even know how to really explain it, but it's like, you know, when people have this idea that like before you come to earth you decided the life you want to have and all this kind of stuff and while you're on earth you kind of forget your higher self so I feel like it's like a returning to yourself or something I feel like that's almost like yeah remembering or like like when they say like you know you can be guided by your higher self which is you I guess but it's the you that's like outside of this physical 3d realm Mm. and the true you so I feel like that is kind is sounds like the same thing but I'm not sure like I feel like that's what it is when we're saying manifesting yourself and that's the the higher the truer like way of manifesting things um and I think you mentioned that like the physical things like manifesting houses cars whatever the material is not like it's not the thing it's not what's more important because those things can like you said they can you can be changeable in what you want on a daily basis but if you focus on like being in tune with yourself your higher self I feel like those things if they're meant to be if they truly are what you want they kind of they're as a they're like a consequence or like I don't know that's another way of saying it but yeah just yeah they they manifest as a result of you being in touch with your true self if that Mm. makes sense because sometimes we can if we don't know what we truly want we can want to manifest things that really are not for us you know yeah so yeah yeah because that's kind of yeah, yeah. That, um, that's kind of the problem I have with manifesting a bit, mm. like or setting goals sometimes because it's like you do. You, sometimes you don't know. Well, I'm the kind of person who's very much kind of like, what's the true path should I be on? So it's like <laughs> sometimes I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if that's what I should really want. Like, is that good for me? Like, you know. Um, so yeah. I want 
like a really big house or whatever but like is that really good for me like I don't want to get it and then be unhappy because sometimes you know when it's not right for you even worse off than you were before you had the thing so it's like I don't know I just kind of had this idea that yeah it is about getting in touch with yourself I feel like you do have to become who you are like that's the process of life isn't it like even Mm -hmm. as we grow up from being a child do you know what I mean as you grow up it's like it's a process of you becoming on a physical level so I feel like mm. that must exist on a spiritual level as well. And you can always grow in consciousness. Like we grow, we say that we are like as a species, like the human humans, right? We're evolving. Like our consciousness is evolving. Like look at the stuff that we like, look at the vocabulary and the things that we're conscious of now um, mm. compared to like 10 years ago. Like even just like when you were speaking now and you're like, oh, the things in this 3D world and et cetera. I feel like that's more common. Like people say things like that more now, but like, before <laughs> people wouldn't have really had that you know that vocabulary awareness. to say it. yeah awareness mm. yeah definitely and even with things which are like even you know just the whole the idea of the human being and like different like parts of us that like even the fact that people are taking mental health as like seriously as we are now there's like a consciousness mm. of how important it is to you know to look after different aspects of ourselves whereas some years before it's like mental health what is that people you don't even have the vocabulary to talk about it and talk about your feelings like tools of well-being like you know what is that um so it's like some people obviously as they say like are awakened first and they're obviously aware of these things but then it grows like the consciousness this higher consciousness you know keeps going on and on and so Mm -hmm. even in 10 years time 15 years time would have evolved again so i just feel as if like we are becoming as a whole species so even as individual i feel like we can do that work as well where you know you become you're becoming you you're becoming you yeah yeah basically um but then my lot i have one last one one last myth Mm -hmm. and it was it was in line with you actually thinking about um you know these gods creating duplicates of themselves and this was interesting so this was like a this is a hindu um it's not a myth but it's like these are the characters i don't have an actual myth of it but it's this is the characters and it's the character of vishnu who i didn't know was part of a trinity mm. um was part of the hindu triad because i was like oh okay another trinity as in like you know the same as in christianity that's a trinity i know but there's other trinities that exist in other myths yeah and so vishnu apparently he's one of the gods and he apparently has 10 avatars which is avatars are basically forms in which this god like different forms that he takes when he comes to earth to like protect protect earth from danger right yeah so these avatars are like forms of himself and krishna is actually one that's a famous that's a famous um i don't know avatar oh okay um, i actually thought that was like a separate god another one (laughs) yes but he's um he's actually like the i don't know which one is it i think it's the ninth one i'm not sure maybe it's not the ninth oh wow yeah he's towards the end ish um, one of the avatars and then buddha is also one of the avatars is, is a form of krishna or vishnu and then um there's a final avatar who's not yet to come whose name will be kalkin and i said how it says here that this kalkin avatar is mm. going to appear on a white horse banish evil and begin a new golden age and i was just telling you yesterday how like that's literally like the picture of jesus yeah revelations because i was reading revelations like last week and it talks about the rider on the white horse and it's like you know after the final battle and i was just saying like wow um yeah i was just surprised on the like the parallels between this hindu 
Hindu mythology and Christianity because I'd always thought like Hindu had like the the greatest pantheon of gods and they just had like loads <laughs> and loads of gods and there yeah. was no like there was no like straight line of narrative but mm. like here it's just so linked to Christianity that it just made me think as well like about myths as being like they're all like are pointing to a truth and like a lot of times I didn't want to be one of those people who's like oh they're all saying the same thing like you know people study <laughs> religions and myths and they're like oh I've studied them all like and they all just say the same thing but I do think that they, they do point to a truth to a single truth um you know what I mean which I, I you I was gonna say I don't know what that is yet but I think I do um but they all point to just like the same truth so sometimes it's like you can like just look at another culture and be like oh it's a load of nonsense like yeah or like you know all these gods with like different like powers and different whatever but it's like it's like it's like they're all just telling a truth and they're just symbols like those characters are symbols um yeah I think it's important even what you're saying about like symbols because for the most part like in stories and in these myths there's a lot of symbols but like the the story or the message behind it is kind of the same Mm. because even like even with like you're saying with Hinduism, I didn't know there was a a, a triad or a trinity, um, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like I thought there was just like many, many, many gods. Um, yeah. Didn't know about these avatars. So it's just interesting to see, like you said, the parallels and how like it is so similar. Because I think out of all the religions that I know, because there is so many, but out of the ones that I know, I would have said that Hinduism is just like not even linked to any other yeah. ones. Do you know what I mean? So <clears throat> that's an interesting thought because it just makes you think. Like, oh when people really say like they're all the same it kind of you know you're just like maybe there there is something in what they're saying yeah um I think it just helps to be open-minded like even if you're someone who like is really like devoted to your um religion or worldview I think it's good to just be open-minded to like the possibility that like they all do speak of the same truth like you don't have to um um what's the word you don't have to believe in that yeah subscribe to other worldviews but like I think it's just important to be open-minded and not like discriminate and you know think that yours is the way and the only truth but um, I mean you because like I said God is not like God is not um, I mean you can but like God is not that small I think most times we think he's so small that he will just tell everyone um, he would just reveal himself to everyone on the planet the just through yeah. Christianity or yeah. something. Where in actual fact, just like the people, like if you look at the multitude of people all over the world, like they're so different. Like, why would God be so like narrow and just speak mm. in one way, like in one language, basically? Because mm. you can see religions as like different languages and different art forms or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, I think maybe there's like, I mean, like say with some, like say the Hindu Hinduism. There mm. is just so many, like, there is many de- deities, deities, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I don't know, like, they could be spirits, like, they could be, they, some of them could be demons, like, you know. I, I mean, mean, they could be, but then it's like, with any other religion, you know, we have so many angels, yeah, yeah. so many saints, yeah, someone could be like, some of them may yeah. be demons, like, yeah. it's it's just another language, you know? Yeah, that's what I was saying to you. Like, I don't even know about angels or what they do. And I kind of, like, don't even care to know, which sounds bad. <laughs> but, like, I do if they... Because the thing is, within, in Christianity, angels are, like... Well, like, Pentecostal Christianity or charismatic, mm. whatever you want to call them, right? Yeah. You can... I've been... I've learned I've, that, you know, with angels, you can, you know, send them on assignments and they can, like, you know, protect people for you. They can do this for mm. you. And it's, like... And I've prayed prayers like that. But, like, I legitly don't know 
one angel you're praying. another angel. <laughs> but I believe in the goodness of angels. Like, I don't believe they're bad or anything like that. But I just like, I don't know enough. It's like, you know, when you're in the dark about something, but you just follow what someone says. I haven't had any personal mm. revelation about angels. Yeah. But yeah, there are these beings and there's so many of them. I remember in church as well, hearing that like there's so many, there's more demons and more spirits than there are humans. So it's just like with that kind Damn. of notion where it's like there's so many of them, like you don't know all these like gods that appear in these stories. Who's to say, mm. you know, that they are these things? But um, I was going to say like there's so much in some in some stories that I feel like well, I'm not. I don't think that everything points to a mm. truth, but I feel like it's almost like there's like a pearl inside of there. There's like diamonds inside, and it's kind of like you can like kind of like what's it called again? Sift through. And like yeah. find the truth inside like there is a truth yeah and i think they're all kind of pointing to eternity isn't it because that's like if you mm. think about the stories that we tell each other like myths and stuff it's all like humans are just con- like we have the same concerns isn't it like we live and, and then we die so like mm. obviously like we're concerned about about that and we're concerned about death and like everlasting <laughs> life and so i think like they're all pointing to everlasting life which for me personally i feel like i found that in jesus um as a symbol of that like however because sometimes like you say jesus and everyone's got because we're all again in it like everyone's mind is going to interpret jesus and i think people have different understandings of of what that is of what that is and it's kind of like for me jesus is a symbol of everlasting life like of that kind Mm -hmm. of that truth that we're all searching for you know that Mm -hmm. we're not satisfied that's that's the reason why we we want all these things that we want because nothing can really satisfy so i feel like this is that this is that that jesus is that is this Kalkin avatar you know is this you know vishnu is this you know one this god that's always coming to protect us protect the world from from evil yeah um, and it's all it's that same theme isn't it it's that good versus evil basically and yeah the good versus evil yeah, yeah and it's like how do we you know how do we stay on how do we kind of like you know protect ourselves from evil that's the whole thing <laughs> i'm bad and death is evil you know death is the bad thing and is so that life, evil? Well, I mean, this is a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's is true. That evil? That's true because different myths, depending on the culture, look at mm. death as you know, de- de- you know, the the explanation of how death came into the world is like one of the themes of myths. And mm. I think I've read of one. I was reading one. I don't know what story it was, what book it was, but it was talking about this culture where, like, um, I think someone was going to visit there. I don't know if they were like, you know, some. I want to say something like it was like a white visitor or I don't know who was he was like someone else and he'd gone into like this um this this group of people that lived I don't know it was like in the forest or some culture I'm being so generalized here but he was scared (laughs) I think they were like crossing a river or something and the person was scared that they were gonna die or something because of something that they had to do and then the I think he asked the people that he was with and then they were confused they're like death like we don't die like we don't believe that we die so it was like an interesting thing so it's like some cultures don't actually yeah so you're saying is death evil i think some people some cultures do look at death as bad and evil but um or something to be to be banished i mean in christianity for example i know it says that death like when i was reading um especially like towards you know the end book when everything's being wrapped up revelations right Mm. um it says you know death will be the last the last thing to be conquered because in the end they won't people won't die they won't they won't cry they won't mourn so death is something that's you know not good death is one of the enemies you know to be thrown into the pit of fire (laughs) yes death is evil in christianity as in it you know it's not good is it really because i i'm like when you're saying that i there's i feel like there's different definitions of what death is 
there's like the physical death, right? And then there's like other deaths. I feel like you're talking more of like a spiritual death. That's the mm. one that's maybe evil. Not really like physically dying on earth. Like I feel like that's just I don't even know. The yeah, shedding so, of a shell is not really death. Yeah, I think we've had something like this before. I mean, I'm I still think even that is bad and that's evil because I guess I'm still <laughs> caught up in the illusion of it because I remember reading one of the myths actually when I was researching this and it was like there's a story where um one of the gods wanted to show that death is an illusion um, ah, okay but then it didn't go so well because of the story obviously death was introduced into the world and it, <laughs> you know but um it, there's this uh, there, there's this, this thing isn't it in when we talk about like reality the fact that in reality and you ha- are able to understand this more than me like i still struggle with death as an illusion mm. but it's like you know you get this idea that death is an illusion and like it carries on and life carries on so i think that's what, that's what that those people that culture that i was trying to talk about where they didn't understand what the man meant about death because they didn't believe that they died so i guess for them they could see that death was just a change of state maybe mm. but then the death in the bible the revelation where death is conquered it, it is this i think it talks about that second i think it is the i don't know i would say that is this they talk about the second death you know yeah but then death itself is embodied in a thing, in a being. So I don't know. I think maybe it's death in all its forms that it appears, whether it's the illusion of death on mm. earth. You know what I mean? You have Jesus, for example, bringing people back to life. So yeah, death was definitely exactly. something that, you know, you have prophets doing that. So death is something that is not... Uh, do you know what I mean? Even Jesus was sad about it. I don't mm. think it's something that Jesus didn't want to die. I, I think it's something that's, you know, the sadness of it and the, the you know, <laughs> it's not to say like, it's not to say that, oh, it's just an illusion. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, while we're here in this existence, you know, the, what the experience of it is not nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. But of course, there's that higher consciousness, which I wish I could achieve. And I hope to achieve, which is that, like, yeah, it is an illusion, you know, because, yeah, there is life <laughs> after. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but that, that death is, like, an interesting topic and it's like a whole nother conversation but yeah yeah. (laughs) but no yeah I did enjoy like just delving into like the creation myths and just seeing like the different types because obviously you read like like we've said depending on like the context and the culture like the myths are very different but they're all very similar but you can see those cultures kind of creating that mythology or whatever but I just I wonder what the origins of all these kind of myths what they come from but I guess it's just that truth that what do you mean those universal truths like where they all come from like how do they come into being like these myths do you get what I mean like how did people start telling yeah telling like how do people start telling these myths and these stories because some of them are just so they're just very interesting you know mm. is yeah because obviously it... nobody's there to observe the beginning I mean it's a myth is mm. that a story nobody's there to observe to have observed the beginning of time you know, like we all have our stories we've got the scientific stories of like the big bang and things like that but it's just interesting how to know like where they came from you know because there is so many there is so many i think because in some in some cultures um and i think a lot of cultures the I, the, the storyteller it mm. can be someone who's also like um their spiritual person or like yeah sort of someone who's connected to the other realm mm. and you know storytellers like you have them happening for example in like west african traditions i don't know exactly where but you have the griot 
act and that's just a storyteller and they're like near the king and you know what i mean they're oh. the person who they they tell the story so it's like and it's almost they're linked to this kind of like magical they have this kind of supernatural aspect to them so in a way you can say that maybe maybe they are like during one of their you know spiritual practices maybe they did see mm. the beginning of ta- do you know what i mean it's like maybe these things are people who have seen um spiritually do you know what i mean to the yeah to another aspect to the beginning of time because why have we got these similarities at the darkness the darkness i mean even us as we sit and meditate we can enter the void isn't it of creation so yeah. it's like yeah you know maybe maybe the, those truths have come um and i do think that's what i do think like those truths are made known to us because we're continuity in it we're not we didn't come on earth by ourselves that like we are we are all like we came from the person before us who came from the person before us who came from the person before us so in a way we've always <laughs> been in a way we've always been here mm. we're from a continuous line so the stories come from they're carried on i think through um through i don't mm. know the bloodline and through hearing like do you know what i mean so i think that yeah yeah like that's we, interesting we actually i've never thought of it like that we're a continuity a yeah. continuity <laughs> of like so i guess yeah we would eventually we would be linked to that first being or that yeah. first creation or whatever but yeah, yeah i never really pictured it like that but even just what you said about like even when like we do things like meditating or whatever spiritual practice you do it's like a returning to that kind of that I don't know if you want to say that universal consciousness, that darkness, that thing, God, where mm-hmm. everything kind of began. I feel like that's what we do when we do like meditate or pray or whatever, like focus and be present. Like that's mm-hmm. what you're doing, isn't it? You're kind of kind of returning to the creator, I suppose. And I, yeah, yeah like that's the energy that you kind of pull pull from when you're manifesting or creating on, on the earth or whatever, whatever aspect that may be. But um yeah yeah and i think yeah the stories come from within ourselves it's just like these gods who create from within ourselves the stories are mm. our creation but they are us um yeah and so they come from us you know yeah <laughs> and we are because we are part of this this um i don't know this darkness this void maybe. <laughs> it's darkness mm. i like the way um so I, I feel like I always quote this book, but Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm. I like the way he talks about like um, connecting with the quantum field because it's almost like to connect to that place um, of God or oneness. It's like you have to rid yourself of like identity of who you are, like the I or the ego, and you have to kind of become no one and nothing and be in no place, no time and enter into this kind of field where like, everything almost exists it's like it's just a oneness so you almost become everything that's ever existed every possibility all time exists in in this at the same time yeah um and so I feel like of course that's where we get our like creative power that's where we manifest from and create from because everything exists at one time the mm-hmm. past the present and future there is no such thing as time like it's un it's unlimited right mm-hmm. and so I obviously when you look at it from that kind of perspective of course you would be connected to like the beginning of time and the end of time and all the things Mm. um which kind of blows my mind a little bit but I feel like yeah like when you get in touch with God you do feel like I don't know but you feel a sense of just being connected to everything Mm. I think that we lose that in our day-to-day of like you know chasing job chasing money (laughs) (laughs) like those things that are just like material and superficial gets Mm. lost in that so 
it does take having a practice and practicing that on a daily basis of like returning to self or god mm, definitely yeah definitely but yeah um thank you for listening to my myths Obs- obs- is it an obsession it's only like i'm not here reading myths <laughs> every day but like whenever i do get the chance I'm it sounds excited. like it i know i'm just excited I'm just, oh my gosh there's so <laughs> many though um yeah. yeah i think it's great for like um like for you because obviously when you're like writing stories or whatever i think feel like there's a lot of like um inspirational things to pull from and just like it, yeah definitely yeah definitely it all comes from here like it seems like just very yeah it's like you can never be lost full. yeah you just can't be lost for um for inspiration or ideas like there's just so many mm. myths um i literally read one um i was telling you about it about the hawaiian goddess and i was like this is actually a full-on novel like (laughs) like, you know um and then i was talking to you about cultural appropriation and things like that but yeah which is another conversation it's like when you have that you read these amazing myths of like a different culture and just like but then you just think i guess um you just think like do i have a right to be writing about it you know what i mean if it's not mine and yes you can of course but it's just like there's a responsibility that comes with it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't really get cultural appropriation. I think we should do another talk on it completely <laughs> because I feel like the lines of, I feel like you can culture, like I literally said to you, I think, where I was like, you can't, you can you culturally appropriate like your own culture, like in a way, like, but it's, it's, I think it's to do with ignorance and not being aware and you're just using it to make yourself seem a certain way if you know what i mean i think it's mm. more to do with the attitude because like say we say we're zambian right but then there's an yeah. aspect of zambian culture that we just take and we we use it you know to create something it could be a story it could be anything i don't know an essay but we do we haven't really you know gone educate ourselves about it and we're just speaking mm. out of ignorance and we just think that we're entitled to speak about it because i don't know because we are zambian or something yeah. um i think it's to do with entitlement actually okay um okay. so i kind of broke it down to because people because i'm like well if someone with care who's not zambian right mm. um took a zambian story and told it with like respect to the culture then they had knowledge and they you know they did it not because they wanted to tell a diverse story but because they actually wanted to tell this story yeah. then that's not culture appropriation anymore do you know what i mean Whereas mm. if I'm doing it to be diverse and go with the trend and be like, oh yeah, on voices and I just take a Zambian story and like, do you know what I mean? I feel like you are, I'm actually appropriating my own culture, like, you know, which mm. is, I just found it a bit, like when I thought about it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't think that was possible to be honest, but I, know, but I, I, I guess from it's that. Just, it's just my, I think, way I'm choosing to look at it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Went off on a bit of a tangent there, but um, yeah. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode, like just exploring a bit of like creation myths. We might do a couple more going forward, but yeah, we hope you join us um, next time for another one. Bye.